This episode of AHLA Speaking of Health Law is brought to you by AHLA members and donors like you. For more information, visit AmericanHealthLaw.org. Hello and welcome to AHLA Speaking of, Speaking of Health Law podcast. I'm Rob Yates and I'm a healthcare govern, governance and regulatory compliance advisor in Berkeley Research Group's Washington, D.C. office. We are back today with the Health Law Career Journey series which is brought to you by the Early Career Professionals Council. Our goal here is to highlight the breadth of career paths available in health law and encourage those who are just starting their careers to explore all the different possibilities in this space. Today, I'm excited to welcome Amy Martin, the Executive Director of the IU Health Fairbanks Center for Medical Ethics from my home state of Indiana. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So you're a clinical ethicist. What does a day in your life look like? Well, when I get asked that question, my my canned response is, I don't think I've ever had the same day twice, um, <laughs> which makes my career um, always entertaining. Um, I don't I don't uh, go to work and think, oh, I'm going to be sitting at my desk and I'm going to be you know pounding out a paper or um, working on a computer all day long. Um, a day in my life consists of three main things. Uh, Number one is policy work. I do a ton of work around policy that affects the clinical care of patients uh, in a healthcare setting, looking at topics like brain death, um, whether or not uh, how we implement the use of CPR for patients, withdrawing and withholding protocols, uh, advanced directives, organ donation, things around those things, and then looking at kind of more of the HR side of, uh, or the organizational ethics side of the work, thinking about conscientious objection to um, procedures by our employees, things along those lines would be the policy work. Education, um, the Fairbanks Center for Medical Ethics has a fellowship program, so I spend a fair amount of time doing education. We also teach, my team teaches in the medical school. Uh, We teach clinicians and nurses and other ancillary staff in um, our health system um, and do a bit of research and writing around ethics issues. Uh, And then lastly, consultation. And consultation is probably the bread and butter of the work we have. We do both bedside consultation, which is the response to a specific issue Uh, related to the care of one patient. Uh, We do consultation at an organizational level, again, kind of looking at things that you would think of in a policy scope, uh, thinking about how do we respond to new legislation around uh, an abortion, the abortion ban in Indiana, or how are we responding from an ethical standpoint, looking at the new legislation put forth on gender affirming care for minors. We spend a lot of time doing um, clinical bedside, but also, especially in a post-pandemic world, the organizational stuff is is really heightened, uh, both to due to the political landscape in Indiana, but also the recognition that organizational ethics is quite important at kind of a baseline level. Um, during the pandemic, the questions were things like, how do we allocate scarce resources, i.e. if we ran out of ventilators, how we would decide who would get um, a ventilator if we if we ran out. We work a ton with our legal counsel on that. Um, and um, yeah, so that's kind of the, 
kind of what I do all day. Some version of some combination of those things. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really interesting and very multidisciplinary. Absolutely. My team is very multidisciplinary. So I have a team that consists of um, a pediatric intensivist doc, one uh, attorney, one chaplain, one uh, nurse who has a PhD uh, or is working on his PhD, one master's in health, and then a research expert. So we are we are broad spectrum. Wow, and, that's yeah, quite a room. <laughs> very multi, very multidisciplinary, which is which is really excellent and makes our work a lot easier because somebody has some expertise on anything that we're working on, pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think it would be helpful if you could kind of break down each step you took to to get to the place you're at in your career now. <laughs> How long do we have? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> So in undergrad, I really, I thought initially I wanted to be a physician, surprise, surprise, like everybody else. Um, and then very quickly realized that A, I thought touching people was kind of gross and I didn't want to do that. And then B, I wasn't particularly great at science. I was good at philosophy. Um, so I found that this great, there was this wonderful combination of both medicine and philosophy and it, and it was the world of bioethics. Uh, so when I finished college, I went and got a master's degree in bioethics uh, then did a fellowship after that in clinical bioethics, started my career in the landscape of Catholic healthcare in Chicago, um, and then came down to IU um, in 2018. And when I got down to IU, I decided, um, I, w- I knew I always wanted to get, oh, I'm sorry, I got a doctorate in there somewhere. <laughs> um, and then I decided when I got down to IU, I really like education and I wasn't sure if I wanted to do a JD or an MJ. I got very quickly talked out of doing a JD because I never wanted to practice law. And the idea was that I just wanted to be really well informed on, I kind of, I would spend a lot of time, I read a lot of statutes and acts and I would read them and I'd be like, am I reading this right? And I really wanted to understand how, um, how the law worked a little bit better. Uh, so I went and got the master's in jurisprudence and think I really shored up the idea for myself that a laws are just sometimes poorly written and it wasn't, I wasn't reading them incorrectly. Um, but just having a baseline knowledge of how the law works, um, you know, spending time in healthcare and, and hearing a lot of concerns about malpractice and things like that, having taken med mal at, while I was getting my MJ and torts was particularly interesting. It gives me a much better baseline to understand where people are coming from. Um, And then um, last year, I moved into the vice president role at IU Health. Um, And so I've landed in much more of a strategy role than previously. But I spend a lot of time working with our governmental affairs people, our lawyers and other other clinician leaders to kind of shape how ethics um, informs the work we do in medicine at IU Health. Very, very cool. Um, so if, there, if you could go back in time and, you know, kind of give yourself some some advice uh, from, from today's perspective, what, what would that be? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, you know, I don't know. Really, I don't really know what I would how I would answer that question. I think um, I think I really lucked out in this career pathway that I'm in. It is not an easy one to get into. I think it's actually a, really a growing pathway, uh, or not my pathway, but a growing career uh, in the world of bioethics, and particularly actually coming from a, a legal background. Um, 
when I was finishing my undergrad and wanting to get into bioethics, I wasn't sure if law school was the pathway or if philosophy was the pathway. Um, I, I think for me, I picked the correct pathway due to the fact that I'm much better at philosophy. I was pretty good at law school too. I, I really enjoyed it. It used the same part of my brain, I think. Um, I do wonder if, if I might have pursued a JD at, at a younger age. Um, but I don't think I would get my, I don't, I don't think I'd tell myself anything other than, yeah, just keep going. This is pretty great. Well, yeah, I think that's great advice. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. It's nice to know that um, you've had a good journey and that you wouldn't go back and change much of anything. Yeah, I think, I think we can all be happy in that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Amy. I think this has been really informative for our members and I hope we can connect again. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to AHLA Speaking of Health Law wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about AHLA and the educational resources available to the health law community, visit AmericanHealthLaw.org.